Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's a sort of complacency and meanness. And the point is, they have this money, but they just won't spend it. It's the frustration of not that they don't have the money, it's just that they do have the money, but there's quite, uh, they're quite out of kilter in how it should be spent and what it should be spent on. And that, that causes a lot of, a lot more rows than, than actually a lack of money does. Welcome to Honesty Box, where we find the answers to the questions you thought were off limits. Hello, I'm Alex Beard and welcome to Honesty Box at The Balance Club, where we ask the questions that you want the answers to. No judgment and no topic is off limits. If you'd like to submit your own question, you can do so really easily and anonymously at www.thebalance.club. Just click on the podcast option and a question box will pop down for you. Each week here on Honesty Box, we take one of your questions and pose it to an expert. This week, we're talking about one of those taboo subjects, money and how open you should be about it with your partner. I've always been a completely open book when it comes to money. I don't mind discussing numbers with anyone who asks, and thankfully, Matt, my husband, has a similar approach, but I know that's not necessarily the norm. Often it doesn't seem to be about the money itself, more about how we behave around it, and that's why I'm delighted to have Joe Hemmings with me today. Jo is a behavioural psychologist and a registered member of the British Psychological Society, as well as an accredited relationship and dating coach. Jo's recent TV work includes the BBC's Back in Time series, Lorraine, Tonight and other segments for Channel 4, Channel 5 and Sky News. She's also the consultant psychologist on ITV's Good Morning Britain. Jo is also the author of six successful books on sex and relationships. So Jo, you are extremely qualified to discuss today's question from the Honesty Box, which is, is it ever okay to have a secret savings account from your significant other? Yeah, secret. It really does imply that you're keeping, it's a secret, you're keeping something from somebody else, from your partner. Um, In itself, it sounds bad because actually a good relationship you know, to do with transparency and to do with, you know, at that point, the privacy of what you both earn is something that perhaps between you two, but certainly should be between the two of you. Um, And it very much depends on the context of the savings account. Uh, So secret, I think it falls into a couple of categories. There's a secret account that people keep for if they break up if they think their relationship's going to end uh, and they're worried they won't have enough money to live on their own um, or whatever. They've got some doubt about the relationship and then it's screwing away money. Um, Other people might be keeping it because their partner is irresponsible. They feel they're irresponsible with money. So 
they keep a bit back where they can in case for emergencies, home repairs, whatever it might be. Um, and then there's the other one, which I just think is quite acceptable, which is the keeping of the money that you want to either perhaps treat yourself to something without being asked how much it costs and where it's from and why did you buy it, or more particularly something for your partner. So, you know, it's sort of a weekend away or a big splashy birthday party that you're saving for and you don't want them to know that you're doing it, so it's a big surprise. It's still a secret saving account, but it's it's an okay kind of secret and it would be awful to be outed on it because you've just blown the surprise. I guess, like you say, it's the difference between... It's slightly nuanced, isn't it? But it's about deception and, and, the, and the reasons behind it. So at what point do, should people start questioning themselves as to why they've got it? Well, I think if you know you've got it for a particular purpose and it is for your husband's 40th birthday or whatever, then you don't have to ask yourself any questions at all. Um, if you think there's money there because either you feel your partner's irresponsible with money, um, that is a conversation you probably need to have. And if you've got money squirreled away because you perhaps don't have 100% faith that your relationship's going to last a course and you don't want to be left stranded without any money, perhaps after you've had children and stopped work for a while or whatever, then I that just feels quite a negative way to go into a relationship and to have that sort of secret. It's almost like you've got somewhere right in the back of your mind which needs to be thought about a bit more that well this might not last forever in which case hold on are you should you be doing it anyway um and money saving money in case it happens is just one aspect of perhaps some more serious doubt you have about the relationship itself. Well, and for those people who just go well it's just a safety net it's not it's not anything to do with him or or her it, it's just a safety net what does that mean a safety net I'm a safety net for whom? Uh, if it's a safety net, as I say, for an emergency repair on the house, then you then you would say it. You would say, okay, I've got this money just in case. You know, we live in an old house. You know, Jimmy could crash in at any moment. I just want to know. I feel better knowing I've got that money put to one side just in case we don't have it uh, at the time we need it. Um, but if it's a safety net because things might not pan out in our relationship and I'm not really sure that we'll agree over who has what and how we split our assets as I'm keeping that and then then it's kind of not okay because there's a lack of trust in your running deep in your relationship that may be indicated by the secret saving account but actually there may be you know maybe much deeper than that in terms of where your where your actual trust of this individual this human being you're about to marry or move in with uh really stands i mean every couple does manage their finances differently don't they i mean even amongst my friends we all have very different setups at home yes and i think it's something you obviously have to discuss before you move in together um and then you've got joint bills that's that's the key point you're not if you're not really sort of living together it really matters but the moment you've suddenly got to share costs on a home whether that's rent or mortgage or utilities or decor or whatever it is furniture that's the point at which you've got to say how we're going to do this you know we're going to have one account 
where we know our expenditure every month is you know, 900 pounds you know that's all the the basic bills we'll put that in each and that will pay for all that and we'll still keep our separate bank accounts so you say put it all together in one i mean that's up to individual choice and there's no secrecy about it as you say that's just what people agree on I've seen this phrase banded around when I was doing research for this and it was financial infidelity. Is that a phrase that you like? Is that a phrase that you are familiar with in the work that you do? I am familiar with it and I understand what it means. But infidelity is such a sort of strong word. I think there's, a, there's an issue there because if you uncover somebody's account uh, that they've kept from you for whatever reason... The, it's very tempting when that expression is financial infidelity to jump to the conclusion that it's clandestine and what that financial infidelity really means is actual infidelity and that money's been put to one side for you know hotel nights away or meals out or whatever with someone you're having a relationship with um so i don't like that part of it because having a bank account that you do keep secret for the right reasons is not infidelity at all. Um, if anything, it's if you're saving for something for your partner, it's the opposite of infidelity. It's being incredibly loyal and faithful. So it's it's very contextual. I mean, what what let's let's put the shoe on the other foot for a minute though. What if you were to find out that your other half had? a long-standing bank account that they were squirrelling money away from, and it's not for a lovely getaway weekend for you and your, yourself. It, how do you go about that? How, what do you do? It's very difficult. I think the first thing to do is not to jump to conclusions. Uh, I mean, many a relationship has been damaged by people jumping to conclusions. Uh, if they find a text message on a phone or, you know, you've gone out of the room to have a secret conversation or you're back late from work and people put two and two together and they make five and they accuse somebody of something that may absolutely not have anything to do with uh, anything wrong. I think if you've found it, you know, you've opened a statement by mistake or whatever, yeah, you've got every right to say, what's this for? Now, it isn't always for awful reasons. It could be that somebody, I don't know, you get blended families these days a lot. Maybe they're saving for their son from their previous marriage to go to university and they want to keep a separate account. So he's got some money there. Um, and, you know, you don't want to rock the boat by having a conversation that says, well, what about our kids? You know, where's their money? You know, it's sometimes you just do something for the right reasons so you keep it. You don't have to have this full disclosure. So I would say the first thing is do not leap to conclusions, have a conversation about it. Um, I don't think even if it was for really nefarious, naughty reasons that any man is going to suddenly say, oh yeah, you caught me out, I am having an affair, unless they want to leave. Unless they think, oh my God, this is a huge relief now. I can actually, the thing I didn't want to say, I can now say to them uh, because they found that bank account. Most people will cover it up with something. But I just think, try and pick your moment to have that kind of calm conversation. I don't know quite what would happen if you opened a bank account and you found it had hundreds of, or a statement by saying it had hundreds of thousands of pounds in it. Um, that would be kind of weird. So again, it's, it's also the sort of amount that 
you know, for everybody would be different, but yeah, if it was really vast sums of money, you'd kind of be thinking, what the hell is this for? Yeah, you would want to know. I did some research um, before we um, started this podcast to find out how how much this is a problem or or how many people do this. And YouGov research that was published back in 2019 said that one in eight people in a serious relationship said they had a secret, they use the word secret, savings hidden from their partner. Does that surprise you? No. I. It's, an, it's interesting how the question was put because... I think there are people, I, I had this circumstance where I had an old building society, you know, kind of account that I had since I was a teenager and, you know, people put money in it, grandparents or something, you know, it was a gift. And I still had the thing knocking around. My husband didn't know, but it wasn't because I kept it a secret from him. It was just, it wasn't very much in it and it didn't seem relevant. I'd almost forgotten it was there. But if depending on how that question was asked, I would be one of those eights. Yes, I do have this secret, but I wasn't aware it was. I had forgotten I had it, you know, so it's quite nuanced sort of question. Um, and it covers a multitude of things from the person keeping, you know, thousands away in case they break up and and they've got some money to to get their own home uh or whatever it is to the person that's like me who'd forgotten they had this piddling little savings account (laughs) i just hadn't deliberately kept secret but was by definition a secret so i hadn't said it also in this research it said women are far more likely to have money set aside in case of a breakup why do you think that is yeah i think there's a fear amongst women that they're going to come up come off badly somehow in a breakup um i think often certainly people with children um it's quite difficult to enforce payments for example for um child maintenance maybe they feel that they're the ones who want to keep the home that they're the primary caregiver um that they have or will at some point be giving up work or going part-time or losing their financial independence in a way that men generally don't, and I'm being very kind of generalist here, but it's usually in most circumstances the woman who stops working, um, at least part of the time when they have young children, and would probably be considered to be the primary caregiver because of that. So I think that their level of independence is at greater stake, perhaps, than men's are. And so they're more likely to be the ones who perhaps just fear that and just want to kind of have a, a cushioning uh, should it, you know, should it ever be a problem. So in that case, is it okay for, for people to, for women to have that secret savings, Kat? Uh, again, it's all down to, no, it's not. It's not. I understand. I'm giving you the reasons why I think people do it. But I think if you have a good, healthy relationship with your partner, you shouldn't have to do it. Um, you know, in America, they're used to prenups, you know, sort all this stuff out before they get married. You know, people are shocked by that here, you know, that's just the planning to break up. No, it's not. It's like, you know, God forbid you did break up. You, one worry you haven't got is, you know, how you'll both divide the assets and who will, who will get what. Um, so you could look at it in some ways as being a kind of secret, <laughs> one-sided prenup. 
um but really it's not healthy it's you know you you need to have if not the conversation about what happens when we break up uh the, the trust in your point and, and the faith that um they're not going to turn in you the problem is i think for a lot of women you know, relationships don't always end up amicably you know you don't break up amicably there's that complexity too so a lot of people who say yeah of course i'll make sure you're right something happens and they absolutely like no way you get anything out of me you know i mean they have they do have even law some sort of control perhaps more than women do uh so i'm kind of a bit on the fence about this one um i think a bit of cushioning is all right i think squirting it away to make sure that that you're okay if you break up without discussing it with your partner probably isn't i'm sure that really makes sense so i think it's it just depends oh, on the context i think and people's level of security not just with their partner but actually with themselves um perhaps that is something they need to do to be a better partner in the relationship because they don't have that fear um so i think everything is a very it needs further discussion it's not cut and dried and simplistic is that where financial independence comes in obviously that's something that a lot of people talk about and people kind of understand what that means do you lose that when you become a couple is that what that sort of security blanket is is that people are worried that they've suddenly lost their financial independence yeah i think it is i think you know women often have children at a later stage they've become in life they've become quite high achievers you know they've had that independence for years yeah there's that kind of like weird almost uh losing some of your self-worth uh when you lose your salary because you are you know going part-time or not working at all for a while so i think it's bound up with a fear of losing one's self-identity as much as losing your financial independence and i sort of do understand that in people cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When does transparency, you've spoken a lot about it just being transparent with people. How transparent do people need to be you know you, you do have a savings account that you've had since you're 12 but do does your other half need to know how much you've got in it down to the pence no i don't think they do i mean i think you know a good relationship is an honest relationship um but that doesn't mean you have to tell them absolutely everything i mean you've got to know a measure of what's important and what's not i mean there are aspects of your life you know let's say you know, God forbid you 
sometimes are lumping your boobs, you know, and you didn't want to tell your partner because they would panic and go mad. And then you went, um, it turned out to be harmless cis, and then you told your partner, you know, because you didn't want to, you didn't want to scare them, didn't want to worry them, didn't want to cause them anxiety until you knew. We allow that sort of thing to happen. I mean, so that's still having an honest relationship. It's just keeping some things back in order to protect your partner. Uh, and I think in some ways you could almost say that financially, particularly if you've got a partner who's reckless with money, who's very extravagant, who doesn't think past what might happen tomorrow. There is a perfectly valid reason why you should keep a small amount of money to one side should you know you have an emergency on the house uh, that's not covered by insurance, or even if it is, you've got to pay out for it to be done now. So you've got to find the balance of of honesty and transparency without having to reveal every single thing about your life all the time on a constant basis. Your partner, you're still two individuals, um, you know, together as a as a unit, a family unit, a couple or whatever, and you've got to find the balance where the other one doesn't think you're being deceptive. I mean, how soon into a relationship should finances be discussed you think and I'm not talking about I've got xyz in the bank but sort of your habits with money you know I'm a I'm fast and loose with my money easy come easy go I don't you know I don't have savings and I don't care for them versus I'm frugal I I you know I budget can those two personalities go together can that can that breed a successful relationship I think you would recognise it. You would know by the time you moved in together and you were sharing, you know, household bills, you would know from things like going out for dinner, you know, someone says, hell, let's go for the champagne and, you know, the caviar and the foie gras and the lobster, or, you know, we're out, someone else would go for the, you know, that we can only have the house wine. You know, you know how extravagant your partner is. You get an idea of whether they're, you know, crazy with spending it or whether they're you know you can see when the bill comes and they're looking down checking every thing or they just don't even look at the bill and pass over a card so you just know those things so then I think they can work together because you recognize signs of it and you will have that conversation you should have that conversation before you move in together and just be frank and say I'm more careful with my money than you are I'm more reckless with my money than you are I know that from being with you for two years um what are we going to do? How are we going to keep a cap on this um, when we're living together? And I think, you know, you come to an arrangement. So the person who is a bit more extravagant has a fixed sum per month out of that account, 100 quid, 50 quid, whatever it is, that they can buy an extravagant present for someone they like, flowers, they might want fresh flowers every week, you know, or fancy a pair of shoes or treat themselves or something. You know, those sometimes those things are important to people a partner might think, well, why do you need fresh flowers every week? Um, so so agree a certain amount and then they can spend it how they want. So that's being honest and it's being able to compromise on two quite different approaches to finances. In the work that you do, Joe, and the couples and, and individuals that you see, how often are finances and relationships with money the basis of why people come to see you? I think often they're not they wouldn't say they were the basis of why they came to see me. They would, it's generally something to do with a breakdown in communication. 
but as part of that, it's very often about, um, I suppose it's a sort of complacency and meanness. You know, you live in a home together, you want to decorate a room or you want to change your sofa or you, you want to do something out of your joint bank account and one of the partners is very mean with money, very, very careful, very cautious, thinks it's a waste of money. You know, you've had the same sitting room for 20 years, it needs a refresh. And, and it's the meanness, it's meanness, what people consider meanness with money. Um, it's, even when they've got kids, you know, their kids want something new, you know, even if they've got them, the point is they have this money, but they just won't spend it. Well, there's no point in buying something brand new when you can get it secondhand. And it's the frustration of not that they don't have the money, it's just that they do have the money, but there's quite, uh, they're quite out of kilter in how it should be spent and what it should be spent on. And that, that causes a lot of, a lot more rows than, than actually a lack of money does, oddly, because almost that gets you to pull together and say, right, we're in this situation. It's the kind of different attitude that makes one miserable and the other one just can't see the other person's perspective, doesn't have any empathy for it. So that's, that's quite often an issue that comes up. It would be remiss of us, I think, to be speaking about finances and relationships and to not touch on financial abuse what would be for you the sort of red flags for people to be looking out for in terms of financial abuse within their own relationship i think you know sometimes it starts with simple things like uh having a look at you know what the shopping in the cupboard and you know what what did you buy this for and why did you get that um then it can be let's let's go through the bank account together asking people which people do, they go through their joint bank accounts so they can, but then demanding what was this payment for, what was that payment for, um, you know, if, if they're anything like me, I'm always shopping on Amazon, I can find something almost every day that I need that might be a couple of quid, uh, but hey, it's going to arrive the same day or the next day, and it's simple things, particularly in lockdown, that I would have gone out to the shops and bought, but they very kindly deliver it for you the next day. I don't remember what those things are. So if someone went through my bank account and said, what was that Amazon payment? What was that? $4.99, $5.99, dollars I don't know. And then that would be a real red flag because they're starting to question everything you're buying. Did you need it? If you don't know what it is, then you're keeping it from me. You know, you just get a sense of when someone is trying to envelop you in a slightly controlling way. Um, and there will probably be other aspects of your life where that sort of control is beginning to be exercised as well. But it quite often can start with finances, but it will spread through where are you, what are you doing, who are you on the phone to, who was that message from, why have you gone out the door to take that call, uh, why can't I can't be in the room when you're speaking to your friend Laura. You know, it, there are so many, but financially I think it's it's kind of obsessively checking small sums here and there and demanding to know what you spent and why you spent it. And that can't be written off as, oh, I'm just, you know, we're budgeting, we're just watching what we're spending. No, I mean, I think it could be. If you were seeing, you know, 20 of these things a day, you'd probably be going, okay, how much do you actually need from Amazon? What's all that lot? 
um, you know, you can say it's cat food. Well, why don't we bulk buy it? Why don't we get the saver and get it once a month? Or for the dog, we don't have to keep buying another lot. You know, have that concept. That's not control. That's a kind of budgeting exercise. Um, but there's quite a significant difference between that and and somebody who's demanding to know what you're spending, why you're spending it, than the kind of budgeting exercise uh, thing. You will ha- will have a different feel about it. Talking about money can be uncomfortable, a bit like talking about sex. So what tips would you have for people who know the way that their relationship functions around money isn't quite gelling, what can they do? How should they approach that with their other half? Well, a bit like talking about sex, probably best not to do it when you've just had it um, or when you've just kind of like (laughs) seen that month's credit card bill. Um, So, you know, find a, a calmer time when you're on your own and sort of say okay like we're in a bit difficult times at the moment i just want to talk about maybe there are some ways we can budget a bit better or save a bit more um and because you know our outgoings are just getting too high for where we are at the moment that could be a discussion that goes starts with you know should we look at alternative utility suppliers um should we look at changing our mortgage or whatever maybe moving you know things like that that's all you know that's all quite healthy you shouldn't feel uncomfortable about any of that and if you do think your partner is spending a bit more than they should on let's say a hobby of theirs or whatever um then just say look it's fine i know it pleases you a great deal but you know your 500 pound a month membership to the golf club you know, might be something that i need to put on hold for a while um or find you know a cheaper one somewhere you know these are the things you need to be discussing uh you're not accusing anybody of anything you're just trying to fine-tune your expenditure compared to your incomings and over this past year that has been a big one for a lot of people for obvious reasons Yes, indeed it has. Joe. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom today. Certainly lots to think about there on our actions around money. Not an easy topic, but definitely an important one. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll see you again next week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm. 